environment. Welcome everybody to the Jackson Cloud. My name's Jamin. I'm Olivia. And on the line we have our resident scientist of the Jackson Cloud slash the Aaron of the Aaron Environment podcast. It's Aaron. Aaron shot. <laughs> from Scotland. Just I hate it when you do that. <laughs> And she is uh, an environmental scientist. And I have been wrapped into a conversation today that I'm not sure if I want to have yet. Well, uh, if any of you have questions or comments or thoughts or theories or fashion advice, feel free to drop it in the Twitchy Twitch. We are talking about fashion and the environment. I don't know. Yeah, They're just so making things up now. Specifically. We'll get into it. Fast fashion. Thank you. And its effects on the environment. So, So uh, fast food. I mean, kind of. You know how fast food is like the awful off brand of food? You don't always know what you're eating or where it came from, but it was cheap and it was convenient. No, I do not know these things. So fast fashion is, is similar to that. It's the cheap and <laughs> convenient <laughs> version of fashion. So we yeah. all have to wear clothes or else we'll get a ticket for public we, indecency. Do we, though, when you Listen, think about it? Listen, what you do it. in your own yeah. home. All right, this is already way off the rails. Public, you got to cover yourself up. It's sure. the yes. law. <laughs> so fast fashion it is the law please everybody wear clothes i honestly cannot argue with that point fast fashion which is a topic that apparently olivia is very passionate about so i'm happy to have this here and jamin i promise you we're not just going to talk about like clothing and fashion trends for 45 minutes so <laughs> yet to be seen <laughs> Fast fashion often refers to large clothing brands who push runway styles to consumers quickly and they make a ton of items and they're constantly getting new pieces in and selling them for low prices. So some general facts about the fast fashion industry. It's uh, $1.2 trillion a year. Uh, Like there's used to be two fashion seasons in the past, like a summer collection and then a winter collection. But now the average fashion season is about 52. So that's what do you mean? 52? Like there's 52 number of seasons today. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know there were that many. Okay. Hang on. Pause. We just said there's 52 seasons in a year. 52 clothing fashion seasons today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that like once a week? That's average. Yeah, that's about once a week. Yeah. So places like some places like H and M have twelve, and other places, well, like Macy's, not Macy's. Uh, some will have up to forty-two. So it's like on average, when you combine all of them, it's about fifty-two fashion seasons today. Right. Yeah. So. Good for having less. The less is better. Yes. The less is but better. It's still. 
too many. The like if they had two seasons and they pushed them immediately to the consumer, we would have consistently the same type of clothing for about six months. But because you have 52, that's 52 weeks in a year. So about every week, some new fashion trend is coming out. So people are constantly consuming new clothing to keep up with that. Does that make sense? For some people, fast fashion, um, well, learning how to dress yourself 100% ethically (laughs) is hard and it's expensive. So a lot of people get scared of that. So we will go over today, like some of the easier ways to dip your toes in the water and like how to make a difference without having to go broke. So before we get into that stuff, we do go into the, we're going to talk about why it's bad, but it's just as important to talk about what you can do as to why it's bad. So I'm glad Olivia brought that up. I'm not just going to bum you out like I did last time. (laughs) Just talk about sad things that are sad. Um, Just a couple more things. There's $1,700 spent on clothes per year per person. So that's $1,700. There's an average of 103 items in your closet, which is mind-boggling. And 20% of those items we'll actually wear in the year. So you have 103 items, about 20% of those. So that's around 20 of those you'll wear in a year. And you wear an item of clothing maybe seven times before you toss it on average. So That's it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the average. I wear them until until they shrink. You probably wear the same shirts (laughs) until they shrink. So if you take the average of all the items in your closet, so it's overwhelmingly clothing that you won't wear very often. So it's the average of clothing in your so you'll have like so I can literally sit here and think of the same five shirts that I wear consistently. But um, combined with the numerical amount of times that I've worn all of my other items of clothing, it will ev- it will average about seven because you have outliers in both extremes. You'll wear your clothes seven times. Yep. Also, you, you just do. said 27 times. No, I said you have about 20% of 100. So I have about five and I'll wear them uh, like uh, <laughs> Math this out. Olivia, am I talking nonsense? No, what you're saying makes total sense to me. All right, to crazy people, it's Whatever. completely fine. It's a human's rights issue. So we talk about one in six people worldwide work in the garment industry. About 80% of them are women, and 2% of them earn a living wage. So, like, historically, everybody knows this. Sweatshops, in order to get cheap clothes out, you pay your workers very little, and you make them work extreme terrible conditions and you get them out fast now that's like it's one of these areas in our lives that's easily overlooked fast fashion because you don't really think about it because the impacts when compared to other areas of environmental harm like frequent flying single-use plastics driving everywhere and anywhere they're less obvious but maybe not to Javen's face or maybe he just had a weird face i do make weird faces yeah so um, some of the reasons these statistics, these statistics are bad is because all this clothing that's not getting worn and used is also ending up in landfills. It's like you just said, it's being made mostly in slave or underpaid labor. So 
when you buy that much of this clothing, you're supporting slave underpaid industries. Mm. Yes. And that continue. So it also, I guess, will link links kind of to climate justice in a way. So these people yeah. are experiencing that. Um, so what the number? What are the numbers telling us about the environmental impacts of fast fashion? Which uh, is there was a paper published in April of this year, which is possibly why it's such a big buzzword, called the environmental price of fast fashion from um, researchers Kiersey, and I apologize to anybody who, I don't know if they'll be listening, but I apologize to them. Kiersey, Ninimaki, Greg Peters, Helena Dal Dalbo, Pansy Perry, Timo Risanen, and Allison Gwitt. Um, Did you they, just come up with half of those? No, they are actual people. You don't have I to can... make up articles, Aaron. We believe. <laughs> no, this is real. Cite your sources, Jamin. Cite your sources. <laughs> it was published April 7th, and I will link it to our Twitter account. Uh, because you can access the whole article online, which I was super pumped about. Um, but, like, the fashion industry produces about 10% of worldwide emissions. Uh, 79 trillion liters of water are consumed to make these clothing every year. And over 92 million tons of waste are produced each year to make this clothing. Additionally, more than 85% of all textiles go to the dump each year. So, like, big picture. Let's, like, one cotton shirt. Let's take one cotton shirt. So, in order to make this cotton shirt, it takes 700 gallons of water to make this shirt. And one let shirt. you... One, one shirt. One cotton shirt. One shirt. And, like, like I said, you're going to wear that an average of seven times. You're going to toss it. And then that shirt will take anywhere from six months to 80 years to break down in a landfill. Sounds like you're making stuff up. Nope, this is real. Oh so, my gosh. What does the water do to the cotton? 700 gal? It, that's that's how much water it takes to... To produce. Um, produce the cotton. So like getting the cotton from a raw cotton state that it's picked at oh, okay. to a t-shirt. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that's that's from start to finish. That includes picking, cleaning, dyeing, like all of it. 700 gallons to make one cotton t-shirt. So it's a, a lot of water. A lot. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, like, I know you think I sound crazy, but it is, like, such a terrible environmental impact. They, we've got a couple issues with, like, um, this happening, is that textile and fashion industry have a long and complex supply chain. So starting from agriculture to like chemical production, like for fiber, to manufacturing, to logistics and retail. So like all of those, when you break it down, like agriculture has a lot of like problems when you're when we talk about monocultures. So people will grow like fields and fields of just one thing and that sucks out particular nutrients from it and then you're not rotating your crops. And then chemical production, you're releasing chemicals into the air, and then you manufacture, and then when you move it around, and then when you sell it. So, like, all of that, just, just bad. Just take it, throw it over there. Like, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Clothes bad. I've learned a lot today. No, not clothes. Not, not, clothes. <laughs> not, not okay, clothes kind bad. of all clothes, but it just has to do with the amount of consumption. 
Right. I mean, technically, there is no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Ooh, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> we will need a whole other podcast. Okay. <laughs> Revelation Babylon. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I know something now. I can talk. I mean, Jamin, if you want to talk about it, we can. Like, go for it. Oh, you're good. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but le- yeah, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. So, like, many chemicals, like I said, they're also harmful for the environment. They're also harmful for, for facts factory workers and consumers so you ever hear somebody say oh when you buy your clothes you should wash them first before you wear them yeah most people say that my wife yeah do you jamin do you not do you just buy a shirt from target and slap it on i do yeah (laughs) so fun facts um a lot of clothes real retailers will spray the clothes with formaldehyde in order to make them look nicer in the store well, I like to wear formaldehyde, so everybody wins. All right. So What's formaldehyde? <laughs> that is what they pump you full of when you die so that your uh, corpse stays nice enough for a funeral. And yeah. my corpse will look great at this point when you think about it. The preservation agent, yeah. yeah. Jamin's, just this particular area, Jamin's shirt's chest is going to look great. <laughs> they go up to Jody, ma'am, we didn't need to do anything. We <laughs> He's, He's perfect. perfect. He was in great shape. <laughs> okay, let's uh, exit Jamin's dream world now. We're on to something. But yeah, so a lot of people will wash them because they will have bad chemical reactions to that touching their skin. So it's actually dangerous uh, to do that. Um, I never, I never knew about this. I will honestly tell you, I never knew about that until like two years ago. I was talking to one of my friends and we just bought a shirt and I was just putting it on and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm putting on my new shirt. And she's like, no, 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 you should wash it. And I was like, why? I was like, oh, is it because we don't know how many people have tried it on in the store? I get that. And she was like, no, because there's chemicals and stuff on and you can hurt yourself. So absolutely bad for you uh and as far as environmental impacts they occur mostly in textile manufacturing uh which is the where the high impact of water comes from because it takes a lot to make a lot Uh, and those garbage manufacturing countries actually are usually third world countries or places like china where they can do manufacturing cheap Um, and so we we say oh look how unhealthy this country is and how much pollution they're putting out but actually they're polluting so that we can benefit from it so this waste like this waste is like everybody's problem even though we're like oh it's just them but it's not it's everyone like we we, it makes us feel better because we live in a country where we don't create textiles but because we consume them we're part of the problem and like like i said with tossing your shirt textile waste is a global thing Mm -hmm. like yeah and uh one of the statistics i think you might have mentioned it earlier 85 percent of textiles end up in a landfill yeah but most of those textiles are ending up in a landfill within the year that they're made before ever getting worn or sold yes so a large part part of the problem is the fact that they're putting out so much and not even responding to the fact that it's not selling. So 
They're just producing it and throwing it in a landfill. Because it's out of fashion. Checked again. You ever look at the clearance aisle in some places and you're like, of course this is here. (laughs) They thought this was going to (laughs) sell. So really it's fashion's fault for being ugly. Well, that's not that particular thing is not actually exclusive to fast fashion. So what happens when cars are manufactured? So they make a lot of cars. And then when they don't sell those cars, um, they just put them in like car graveyards there. You can look it up. There's like places all over the states and all over the world where it's just a bunch of brand new cars that will never get sold. And they just sit and rot. So they can make room for a new product. Yeah, you, you wonder why we can't solve poverty sometimes. And yeah. then we hear about that. Plus, like, if you get in those cars before you wash them, you'll yeah. probably get formaldehyde all over you. Yeah, uh, but pa- pass, pass, pass. <laughs> pass. <laughs> Move down. trying to be useful to the conversation. <laughs> It meant more like I don't want formaldehyde all over me. <laughs> That's what I was passing on. Specific, specifically that aspect of it. Um, yeah. But there's also the problem of the materials that are being produced. So like you mentioned the impacts of cotton, but you also yeah. have to talk about synthetic materials are becoming yeah. very big because they can produce them at higher quantities because they're not growing them. It's literal plastic. Yeah. So we're wrapping ourselves in plastic because it's cheap and it's convenient and we're not meant to do that. It's not good for our skin. It's causing much more pollution because it takes a lot more chemicals to produce that and to turn plastic into something that you can wear yeah so then you get into we get into the part of uh microplastics so you know what microplastics are oh yeah that's the question jamin do you know what microplastics are am i wearing plastic right now probably uh on your glasses where's 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 microplastic the really tiny plastic thing on the end of your string (laughs) So, okay, so they're basically micro microbial size. So they're quite small. You have to look at them in a um, microscope. They're, mo- most people hear them within the context of face wash. So they're used for uh, micro, like, like exfoliating your skin when you get them in face wash. They're like little tiny plastic balls. Um, but then yeah, they, yeah. Plastic. We're just putting plastic down the drain. Yes. Yeah. So that actually gets into water systems and then fish eat them and then it kills them. Like it's not a great thing. So petroleum based synthetic fibers like polyester require less water and land than cotton, but they emit more greenhouse gases per kilogram. Um, but they also create like create microplastics. So it's not great. Uh, and that's what Olivia was saying about like, you have to be careful about what things that you're buying when you're buying stuff what why did we ever think it was smart to put plastic in soap because they could do it cheaply and sell it as a special exfoliant but don't we all know that plastic (laughs) and water is bad 
So plastic is kind of a two-sided coin because the invention of plastic has actually allowed us to save lives um, as far as medical equipment is concerned because before they would have to use glass and they would have to sterilize all of it and it's not on 100% like perfect process. Um, and we can create synthetic plastics that are reusable and that like takes away from cross-contamination and the things like pacemakers, um, hip replacements are made of like durable plastic. So like there's a space for plastic uh, and the necessity for it. But when we take it and we use it for consumable products that are, sorry, an ambulance just drove by. That was a Scottish ambulance. It slightly different. It sounded exactly the same. It was kind of higher pitched. <laughs> you don't have the Doppler effect in Scotland. It didn't change. It definitely did. <laughs> I Science think you were more excited about it than listening for the Doppler effect. Um, so what we've done is we've realized it's like, oh, but not only can we use it for medical saving devices, we can just like use them for all sorts of stuff because it's really easy to like create things like so that's why we have plastic hangers um we have uh, single-use plastics so that's things that you can cover your vegetables with because like oh it's super easy you just keep it fresh uh cling film also like my computer that i'm talking to and it has plastic parts and without the invention of plastic like this technology would not be possible so it is like i said it's a double-sided coin like it's bad and it's good like um, when you're going mountain climbing, you don't really want cotton because then water will trap in it. Like for so for people who are really outdoorsmen, having plastic uh, type like fibers help them like hike better. Uh, but also now there's plastic in your clothes. So again, it's a double sided coin. But um, like if you want to consume a bit more ethically, then yeah, you want to look for uh, bio-based synthetic polymers from renewable crops like corn and sugarcane and or like cotton. James is like, I'm done. I'm done with this noise. I think he's uh, grabbing a charger cord for the computer here. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just talk so much about plastic. Uh, my battery's not in it. Uh, yeah, I feel like I went off a little bit on the plastic side. <laughs> But okay. it's still it's still relevant, so we're good. Yes, it is still very relevant. Yeah. As my daughter say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so clothes bad, plastic bad, basically we're all screwed. This is what I've learned today. Okay, so now we need to talk about the positives and how we can yes. make a difference. Oh, so yes. James, I didn't know it was a portion James, of this session. No, that's like, now Now we've talked about it. Like, like what I, want, what I want to do when I talk about these things is I want to give you the knowledge because there's nothing worse than being uninformed. So you have the knowledge and now we can do things about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so consumers, like us as consumers, we have to think of fashion as more of a function and less than entertainment. So you have to be ready to pay higher prices that account for the environmental impact of fashion. Mm -hmm. So, and like I say, for everything, if you cannot afford to do this, then it is okay. Because ultimately, like I said, um, it has to, we have to have massive systemic changes in order for everyone to be able to afford it. However, if you can't afford it, you really don't have an excuse to not do this um because like you 
you ha- you should you should you should do these things like you should try. Yes. Um. <laughs> That's going to be the name of Aaron's book one day on environmental science. You you should do these things. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of great resources for finding tips on how to make your wardrobe more ethical and. Um. Lee, what can I Google? What can I do about fast fashion? The first seven things are how to re- induce your environmental impact. Yeah. Boom. Um, and ultimately, in order to make the big difference, we do have to put pressure on the companies that are taking advantage of its workers, that are doing hyper pollution, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But how we can make a difference in our own lives and help put that pressure on them by yeah. not supporting them. Um, I have a little pyramid in front of me. I like this one. First, the bottom step of the pyramid, which is like the big one. I like, I like it that I learned today. Value and take care of the clothes you already own. Yeah. So try to make your clothes last as long as you can so you don't have to buy new ones. That won't cost you anything. That'll actually save you money. So this is something that everyone can and should do. But what if you keep getting fatter? You take well, it and then you exercise. <laughs> you yeah, or exercise. <laughs> also, I mean, we don't have mountains to just go climb up whenever we want. All right. So I'll put a personal example of this in my life. Uh, a couple of summers ago, I bought a pair of shorts. And this summer, I went to wear them, and they didn't fit me anymore. I literally have worn them maybe once or twice since buying them. And already they were in a bag to give away. Mm-hmm. Then I thought about it and was like, hey, I need to be better. So I took some ribbon with some cactuses on it because I like plants. And I cut them down both sides, inserted this inch and a half thick ribbon, mm-hmm. sewed the sides back up with that in there. So it added about an inch to each side. And now they fit and I can keep wearing them. So that's taking care and using the clothes you already own in order to stop yourself from buying new shorts. Yeah. Essentially, we need to decrease clothing purchases and increase the life of what you buy. Exactly. So, like, as consumers, like, that's exactly what you just did. It's like, I need new shorts, but actually, how can I increase the life of these shorts? That way I can wear them longer. So, Jamin, you need new shoes because your feet got too big because I'm being nice. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Maybe you you take your toms and you cut out the toes and now you got sandal toms. It's a bad example, but... But it's the least insulting one we could think of. <laughs> All right, go Don't on. Don't this after other this. You're going to be like, you're so, too mean to Jamin. When, when that doesn't work, when you've outgrown your closet and you just have to buy new clothes, when the clothes you've had have just absolutely worn out to the point that you can't wear them in public anymore. When that step is done and you need to do something new, the second step is shop less, choose better, and buy pieces that you actually love. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you're making the choices that you're not just buying that shirt because you think it's cute in the moment and then later you realize that, oh, I don't know if I'm going to wear this very much. You throw it in your closet and like you said, it becomes... Part of that 80% of clothes in your closet that you never wear. So make sure you're only buying things that you know you're going to wear all the time. Yeah. Our third step is 
Go for clothes that are higher quality and more durable. Yes, oftentimes this means you're going to pay a little bit more for your clothing. However, be something to add. You're going to get more wears out of this clothing. You're actually going to end up saving more money in the long run because you're not buying two or three pieces that are going to extend the same lifespan of this one. Yeah. So six tips to recognize if your clothing is made well and if it will last you. So you want to look at the stitches, check whether the thread looks strong, whether they've missed some stitches, and gently pull the seams to see if the garment holds together well. Um, Like, that's the pull test. You want thickness. So hold it up. So, okay, I have to explain to Shaw all the time why women have to wear layers. It's because our clothing is generally made very thin. Uh, Generally, the thicker the material, the higher quality. So guys' clothing actually is made to last longer than women's clothing. So, Jamin, you probably won't have this much of an issue as Olivia does. Um, Like, our clothing is made to, because fashion is more seen as like a feminine type thing. Uh, When I say we've got 52 seasons, that mostly applies to women's garments. So, like, Jamin's Jamin's Marvel t-shirt will still last him five years from now, but because of the particular cut of mine, I will have to buy a new one in six weeks. So... Uh, metal zippers, you want to make sure they're metal. Uh, see if there are spare buttons and fabric patterns. They should match at the seams. So there's like six quick things that you could do. I'm going to add a seventh. If okay. there are loose threads. Yes. Any loose threads interlocking of a seam. Um, I hear people say that. I don't know what it means, but oftentimes there's like the seam will continue past the clothing and it'll just be like hanging down. That's a bad sign. What, what what about pants that are missing many pieces to them? What do you mean? He means my ripped pants that I'm wearing. Listen, this Those is the seams thing. Don't seem if to you be look doing at what well. <laughs> I wear, you will not think that I care about this at all because almost all of my clothes that I have are fast fashion. This is my disclaimer. I bought it before I knew it was a problem. I have been a large part of this problem for most of my life, which is why I'm so passionate about it now, because I want to make up for all of the slave labor and all of the pollution that I personally helped produce by purchasing so much clothing. So, and that, like, Seems right. <laughs> research, research your brands, like, if it's a private person online that you really like like look and see what kind of clothing they're making um most of the people i follow make very specific um celtic <laughs> like inspired clothing so i mostly my goal is to look like a forest nymph at all times so um just be aware of that uh but also a lot of private people who make clothing make them for very specific sizes. So again, it's understandable if you're a bigger woman like myself and their large size is actually an like what average human beings are. That's okay that you can't fit into their clothes and you can be bitter about it and sit in your corner and be mad forever um, because that's how I feel all the time. So again, like they're like some people just can't do it and that's okay, but you should still try. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm low key mad about it. <laughs> I'm just well, tired of buying the right size and they don't fit because every pe- every person thinks of 
large or whatever is their own measurements. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with you, world? I know. Everybody, just do regular things. <laughs> yeah. Me and Aaron are mad. <laughs> um, brings up a point that also needs to get thrown in here then. Make your own clothing. I know okay. this is a skill that not everyone has. It's not one that I have yet. It's one I'm working on trying to learn. Um, you can find fabric that is semi-ethically made. I don't know. I don't know how to tell if fabric is Okay, so here's the thing about the that. Seams. So the major part of fast fashion is textile production. So that is yes. where most of your pollution is. So a lot of the things you're going to buy at Joann's are similar... I, I just picked Joanne fabrics um, are going to be similarly made. So they're made quickly to get out the door. So you really, yeah. it goes to the same hand in hand. If you're going to make your own clothing, you have to research the textile because the textiles are, and are what are most of the problem, uh, yes. the creation of the textile. So yeah, by all means, make your own clothing because you'll last longer and you'll appreciate it more, but also make sure you're using ethical, ethical, like you know environmentally yes. friendly textiles please thank you and usually you know you can go for an organic cotton instead of normal cotton and you know that that one's going to have less of an environmental impact you know not uh, actually i've solved this problem get some sheep no I'm get some sheep there we go just uh i'm not allowed to do that i live in the city i have a few in minecraft yeah there we go it'll just make everyone digital clothing so it'll be I fine uh, you're welcome yes. avatars for all but even if you can't, it's a small difference that still helps even if it's not perfect. So yeah. maybe you can't afford to find the good quality fabric and you're stuck buying the cheap stuff from Joann's. Well, you're still saving um, the underpaid person who had to sew that fabric into a garment. So right. you've taken one step of slavery out of the picture. Right. And, so it's not perfect, but it's still progress. Yes. Well, this is an environmental podcast, so I felt like I needed to make that. Yeah. No. That's basically our slogan. It's not perfect, but it's progress. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, so technically, there's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism, and Jamin is excited about well, let's that. Let's go right now. Let's do it. All right. So our Jamin, no, one second. Jamin, if you honestly want to talk about this sometime, we absolutely can on the podcast. Uh, um, I just think Revelation and Lady Babylon, which very much what, what America looks like. It's not just about America. It's about every Babylon that rises up right. throughout history. Because for John, it was about Rome. Bab Babylon was gone already. So, like, <laughs> Lady Babylon was Rome. It could be America. It would be whatever. But when john talks about it. he says like look at all the imports look at everything they're bringing in from all these countries and all this stuff and it's all on the back of slaves so it is a big deal yeah absolutely the bible had the same social justice call okay yeah okay Get off my soapbox continue no well uh this is a like environmental and christian podcast so the fact that we got to talk about jesus i feel like we've You've done our jobs today, so. Jesus in fashion. <laughs> That's what we call this. Yeah. Well, right. Jesus was the same toga for 30 years. Oh, I don't know. I doubt that's true. <laughs> I kind of hope it's not. But. I'm sorry, Olivia, please finish your. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. So what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's your turn. Go ahead. Get it. No. 
<laughs> our fourth step is if you can't find after you know those other steps after looking for that high quality item if you can't mm -hmm. find a good ethical way to buy that item then buy it second hand because you're okay by buying second hand you're not sending your money to the companies that are using yeah. the slave labor and doing the pollution so it's helping by not supporting them even though you still might end up with the fast fashion clothing when buying second hand it at least has less yes. of environmental impact because you're proving the life it's lived before yes. it's up in a landfill. We're increasing the life of what you buy. Absolutely. Yes. Also, I want to stress that this was the fourth step that you said. So it, it is not the first thing that you do. And I want to say this because this is, comes from like a social justice standpoint is that there are many places that will tell you, oh, just go buy secondhand clothing. But it should not be your first and only stop because for some of our most vulnerable communities, this is how they purchase clothes. So if people who can afford to spend more money constantly go here, well, places like Salvation Army, Goodwill, they're up their prices because their stock is getting moved very quickly and then they know that they can make more money. So up their prices, the stock will move too fast and then the our vulnerable communities who rely on places like that will get pushed out. So it's just something that I want to reiterate and I really like that it was Olivia's fourth step. So it's not your first option. It's definitely something that you can do and I'm not saying don't do it because I do it, but it's not the first thing that I do. So yeah. thank you for bringing that point up. That's yeah. a good one that I had thought about. All right. See, I know things. And then the fifth step I feel like should have just been part of the third step is support ethical brands. Yeah. So when you're looking for that durable, high quality item, look for it in an ethical brand before you go to the thrift store, secondhand yep. store. So those are my really four steps because I'm moving the fifth one in with the third one. Why didn't you tell me you lost my head halfway through this? I just figured you I, were looking at your computer. I thought you were just computer. comfy, and I didn't want to tell you to get uncomfy. Uh, no, I just have, like, a plethora of notes, so that's why I was looking at them. I wasn't looking at the screen. Um, okay. Thank you, Olivia. Oh, sorry. Thank you very much. Uh, that We like to give people things to do, and Jamin, I also want to thank you. I feel like I lied to you. We definitely did just spend 45 minutes talking about clothing. Uh, and you were very patient with everyone. <laughs> and uh, welcome to another episode of The Air Environment, everybody. <laughs> As always, uh, The Air Environment's a part of the Jackson Cloud. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for a church during Corona or just looking for a church that's online due to whatever reasons, check out jxncloud.com. And as always, if you're wherever you're listening to The Air Environment, Leave a little clicky click on the starry star and we would appreciate it. Uh, with that being said, we will catch you all next time. <laughs>